0: Good night, Hawk. Good night, Margaret. Goodbye. listening to Lost in Twin Peaks, a podcast for both first-time and veteran viewers of Twin Peaks, the mystery series that ran for two seasons in the early 90s on ABC, followed by a feature film, and 25 years later, a limited series on Showtime. And at the time of this recording, who knows what after that. If you're a new listener who has just discovered this podcast and wants to know more, check out Episode 0, Show Format. The following week of Daily Podcasts will cover Part 15, an episode of Season 3 aired on Showtime in 2017 network used lines from each episode for titles, so part 15 was also known as There's Some Fear in Letting Go. Although recorded for patrons back in 2018, I am re-editing and re-presenting this coverage, including some new sections, for public release beginning on December 10th, 2022. You can also explore the illustrated companion published on my site, lostinmovies.com, this morning. This illustrated companion incorporates screenshots and other images to reflect stories, characters, events from the time, and so forth in some cases, in greater detail than the podcasts themselves. Uh, In the past week, the only podcast work I have to update is my uh, Twin Peaks Conversations episode. It was actually delayed from November, but finally went up last week. It was with uh, Vera Drew, the director of The People's Joker. So really interesting opportunity to talk not just about Twin Peaks, but her project, which screened at the Toronto International Film Festival and was sort of suppressed by DC Comics and Warner Brothers because it, uses uh, Batman characters in an unauthorized manner, so a lot to dig into there. It's uh, split over YouTube and my $5 a month Patreon tier, as I always do with these monthly conversations. I'll have another one coming up soon, because again, this was delayed, and all my other podcasts have been delayed or postponed. The Patreon podcast that usually goes up end of the month, still haven't been able to release that one. My uh, Lost in the Movies podcast that usually goes up early in a month, that's been delayed. Everything's been delayed in large part by this Lost in Twin Peaks project. Every time I get back into this, even if I'm ahead of the curve, I end up playing catch-up. But uh, you're hearing this now, so I'm back on schedule for the moment, uh, releasing these daily episodes for this week on part 15. And then there's only really two more episodes after that. The Three, but 17 and 18 are combined into uh, we'll have a week of longer episodes covering that. So let's get back to part 15. Today's podcast discusses Laura Palmer's presence in the episode, the feel of the episode, and the structure of the episode. I've been loving you Too long To stop now Uh, For Laura Palmer, she's not in this episode, she's not mentioned in this episode, but as I said, the motel that uh, Cooper, Mr. C, wanders through, or the courtyard motel that he wanders through before going to see Jeffries, this is the place where Leland saw Laura and Renette in the room and ran away, which is a crucial, crucial incident in Twin Peaks. You could almost say that's what leads him to murder Teresa, because she figures out, oh, One of them must be his daughter. And then she figures out who he is by figuring out that it's Laura. He kills her to cover up. And then a year later, when Laura's killed, it's very much tied into all of the Teresa stuff. You know, you have Mike confronting him. And just the fact, I mean, so that's like the plot value. But just thematically, this is where he sees his daughter as a sex object. And it's just too confusing for him because he compartmentalizes that abuse of her away into a different area. That is he's not supposed to be, it just crosses too many wires for him. And I think the Teresa blackmailing him, that's sort of a nice plot gesture to signify the psychological import of what's happening here and what triggers the, the murders. And then, of course, triggers Cooper coming there and everything like that. So looking at the psychological base of what happens, that motel is a pretty important place. This episode is one I would describe as brooding, but not heavy-handed. Uh, There's a lot of kind of melancholy moments to it. There's certainly some very poignant scenes, well, one in particular, and some troubling, disturbing scenes, but it never goes too far over the top in terms of violence on the one hand or of, like joy on the other, although there is one very joyous moment that, you know, people have been waiting for for 25 years, and we'll get into that. There's a maturity to this episode. I think certainly you can feel Lynch and Frost's wisdom and and their, you know, age and experience And most of these episodes. They don't really, it doesn't feel like a young man show in, in any particular way, I don't think. But this episode in particular, I think, is concerned with aging and kind of thinking about the passage of time and really mortality in a way that even some of the other episodes, which are also focused on aging, don't don't dwell on quite as much. There's an atmosphere to it that I would compare it to a very mild depression or maybe just a dull hangover, but that kind of feeling where there's a mixture of sensitivity and numbness, like perhaps you're a little bit more emotionally alert in some ways, but you also feel a little weary and it kind of has that, that that feel to it that's something that i think characterizes a lot of the return in general but this is an episode that epitomizes that but this is definitely part of this last section of the series like we've moved on from those parts 9 through 13 where it's just quiet and at times very still and Not too much is happening. A lot of stuff is happening now. As far as the structure goes, we have three long sequences dominating the first half hour of the episode, followed by nine sequences in the second half hour. Not even the second half hour, actually, just the next 25 minutes because this is a little bit of a shorter episode. So that just kind of shows you the imbalance there. They wanted to focus on these long extended experiences including the Stephen and Gersten stuff that takes much longer than I remembered we spend a lot of time with them in the woods so it's not till 30 minutes in that we start getting these shorter faster scenes that are a little bit more about hitting plot points than just dwelling in this space for for a long time there's something of an alternation between very straightforward scenes and very very cryptic scenes I would include the Stephen Gersten scene in that in that uh, second category. Also, to an extent, Mr. C's visit to jeffreys I'm not quite sure what he's after or what's going on there. Jeffreys is, as he'll say in a later scene, very slippery. And these scenes are often pretty abrasive, too, stylistically. There's like an aggressive darkness or soundtrack to them. And then we alternate those with these scenes that are just much more digestible and, and easy to comprehend, be that James getting in a fight or obviously the big example is Ed and Norma getting united. That's just very straight. You know, there's little twists and turns in it, but in terms of plot, it's it's very easy to follow what's happening there. And it's like a, almost sort of a populist moment for the crowd before we plunge into some of the darker, weirder stuff. It's an episode where, Quite a lot happens. It's very eventful, just to go over Ed and Norma are reunited, Mr. C meets Jeffries and Richard for the first time, really, in the show. The log lady dies, Cooper is zapped, you know, electrocuted before our eyes. Even some of the minor scenes, end something like they're the conclusion of some sort of storyline that's certainly true of Steven and Gersten although I wouldn't necessarily call that a minor scene but also Duncan gets killed that's it for his storyline James gets in that fight with Renee's husband even in Audrey's case when we visit revisit revisit her and Charlie they're like closer to the door they're almost out even though they're not quite there and it, it kind of breaks the tension a little bit especially given what happens at the end of that scene so we're reaching an end point of the series we can feel it coming And I think the next one, this is especially the case, but it shows that part 14 wasn't a fluke. The fact that that felt like a bigger episode than we'd gotten for the most part in a while. We're now in that period where the narrative is chugging along and there are big set pieces to witness. That's it for this episode. Tomorrow we will continue with part 15, looking at the events that take place outside of the town, the different storylines, what's going on in them as they kind of coalesce to certain points in many cases. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can support this work on Patreon.com slash Lost in the Movies. I'll see you tomorrow.